bridge But it's time that I can't use Rosemary on the door In time that I can't use It seems like sage is all the rage With the hippies nowadays But it's fine with wine Rosemary don't mind That time that I can't use I can't use I can't It's time again for Best Buds Here at 980 WCAP the purpose of Best Buds is to educate and inform about the cannabis industry in Massachusetts. And we're here every Friday from 5.35 until 6 o'clock, and then again, 7.05 to 7.30 on Mondays. I'm Gary Francis, and uh, nice to have you along tonight. Our guests today are from Green Meadows. They are growers and uh, operators and uh, distributors and manufacturers and whatnot. And they are located in Hamilton, Massachusetts, and Southbridge, Massachusetts. Bob Patton, the grandson of the famed General George Patton, who's very well known in the greater Lowell area. And he is the chairman and co-founder. His son, Bob, is with us, who is also the chief marketing officer and co-founder. And then we have Ramsey, who is the director of sales. Gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome once again to Best Buds. Gary, thanks for having all of us. This is Bob here, and again, it's a, a lovely uh, place. We're visiting you here in, in, at Treehouse, and uh, it's just a pleasure to be here with you. And the show is sponsored by Treehouse Craft Cannabis in uh, Draca, the 61 Silver Lane, right off Route 113. All you have to do is head from Lowell towards Methuen. When you see the Old Dominion Trucking Company signs, take a right. They're down at the end of the cul-de-sac. And uh, up on the second floor, you can't miss it. And they're coming soon to Pepperell and Groton. So uh, the industry is uh, still expanding, and uh, your products, many of your products, are available right here at Treehouse. They're open Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., Sundays from 10 to 6. And you can check out their website, visit treehousema.com. And, Bob, do you have a website for your company? We do. It's greenmeadows.com. Uh, and it's, it'll take you through your menu uh, and all the changes there. Uh, we have the store in, uh, in Southbridge, Massachusetts, our, sort of our base and our or original spot. And now we're just opened in Fitchburg, actually, Massachusetts, of course. Uh, we were originally in Hamilton, but we eventually moved our cultivation to Southbridge. So the, ah. the history gets a little tangled there. But again, uh, happy to be in both of those municipalities. They've been so welcoming to us. And sure. uh, we both grow and we manufacture always organically. And we put those products on our shelves proudly and also proudly on the shelves of at least 86 or almost 90 other partners around this, the state. So we are glad to be in the show and, and contributing to this great industry. Great. Now, Ramsey, uh, earlier uh, on a previous show, we talked about the living soil that the, uh, the plants are grown in. Tell us a little bit about living soil. Yeah. So as opposed uh, to dead soil. <laughs> so pretty much the concept around that, around that is that there are active microorganisms that live and uh, pretty much they live symbiotically with the roots and provide an ecosystem that uh, the roots benefit off of as well as the microorganisms. Uh -huh. So what we do is we, we do Korean natural farming, which is a niche method of organics that involves capturing microorganisms um, and making a fermented plant juice. And that fermented really? plant juice is pretty much a lot of people refer to it as making teas or, you know, compost teas and stuff uh -huh. like that. And uh, we use this juice or fermented plant juice to feed our soil. Almost like a starting uh, yeast for, for dough. 
Absolutely. Okay. Um, and so we also have our, our own worm farm on site, which, you know, these, these worms are, are living and, and pooping and eating. And, and we take, we take, uh, you know, we take that, their worm castings and we, we use that to build our soil as well. Um, all these beneficial components. I know, uh, you know, things like kelp and things from the sea and, and other. Okay. Uh, now, components. how big is the worm farm? So that's actually, you can have a worm farm in your bedroom. I, I have really? friends who grow at home that... I don't think I'd want to, but... <laughs> in your grow, I'll say in your grow room. Okay. Um, so pretty much a worm farm is just uh, an enclosed space where you have worms living and you uh, uh-huh. use uh, their environment to benefit your grow and what, what their byproducts from their environment. Now, are the worms high when they're uh, doing the job or... <laughs> no, no. It, cannabis is totally separated from oh, the process okay. there. It's I just the worms. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, what are some of the products that you guys actually... Uh, well, obviously, you have to grow the flower to start. Yeah. You got to start with that, obviously. Yeah. But then, what do you make from that in so, your facility there? There are natural byproducts that come from growing cannabis, such as you know trim, uh, which which can be has less uh, active cannabinoids. What is trim? Well, it's not the most important part of it, but it's pretty much the clippings of the leaves ah, after you harvest okay. that don't have as much of the active cannabinoids, but um, they still have uh, different properties that we like to extract and utilize to the fullest. Okay. Um, so getting into it, obviously, there's the flour, which we roll pre-rolls and package for, for sale as is. Okay. Um, from there, there are really small pieces of plant matter that attach to uh, the trichomes, which are the... T- if you ever flash a flashlight... On, on buds, you'll see it's almost shining. Oh, yes, um, yes, yes. So those little little heads that are white and, and uh-huh. reflect back at you, those yeah. are the trichomes, right? That is where a lot of the resin and the and the THC and, uh-huh. and other cannabinoids are stored. Stored. So um, pretty as, much. As you get older, your voice will, will smooth out. Don't worry. Appreciate it, Gary. Thank you. <laughs> um, so pretty much small parts of plant matter will attach to those heads, which have a lot of resin and they're very sticky, uh-huh. and uh, they'll fall off, which is called keef. And, and it's pretty much a powdery substance that, is, that comes from the plant after trimming it or shaking it or, or handling it in any form. I got gotcha. you. Um, so if you ever see a bag of weed and there's little like plant particles, like really tiny specks on yeah. the bag, that's all keef. Oh, okay. Um, and it can be used as an addition to, uh, to uh, uh, a joint or a bowl or however you consume. Uh, okay. That's a natural byproduct. So going further than just the flower, um, we concentrate cannabis. Now, how do you do that? I mean, when you say concentrate, now, what are you, are you making an extract out of it? Or? Exactly. So oh, okay. there are many different ways to concentrate cannabis. You can use solvents such as CO2, um, butane, propane, um, different things like that. Uh, uh, we personally use CO2. Um, it, it, it provides a, a very clean process yeah. with very little residual solvents at the end of the process. Uh-huh. Um, so what that involves is you use a solvent to run through the material to capture all the things that you want to extract. Right. And then you remove that solvent and you end and you finish up with a finished product, right? Now, so, is it a powder? Is it a, a liquid? Is it a paste? Depending on the way that you extract it, uh-huh. depending on what method, it can come out as a different consistency. So oh, if, you're, if you're washing for bubble hash, you'll get maybe a granular, uh, sandy-like texture. If you're running an oil, you know, do, doing CO2 extraction, you'll end up with something like a honey, Right. Um, oh, okay. so there are different forms that it'll come in. I mean, when you get into hydrocarbon extraction and, um, dabbable concentrates, meaning concentrates that you, that you literally smoke, um, as is. And they're um, much stronger than regular flour, right? Absolutely. Okay. So you're talking about, you know, 
if you're if you're talking about dissolate, which is just THC, right? Uh-huh. You're isolating just that one cannabinoid. Right. You can get close to 100. Well, you never really have a pure 100% THC sure. product, but you can get in the 90s, you know, for for purity. So, are the concentrates something you would use in baking if you're making cookies or brownies or something? You could. Um, it, you would you would need a lot less of it. I learned that the hard way in college. Um, <laughs> but um, you can definitely use concentrates. Actually, if you have you know, you're familiar with a five milligram gummy. Sure. So there are 1,000 milligrams roughly in one gram of a really high purity oil. Ah. So if you were to take 0.1 grams, you would have a hundred milligrams there. And so you could, uh, you I could see. really, uh, utilize that concentrate to make a lot of, uh, a lot of edibles. Okay. Now you actually make your own pre-rolls, right? Yeah. Now is that done on machine or is that done? By hand with a whole bunch of people sitting in a room. Uh, <laughs> I've uh, always wanted to put myself up against one of those machines because I do think I could roll uh, pretty quickly. But uh, it is it is a machine that we use okay. uh, that can roll a hundred at a time. It does require a little bit of um, uh, human labor, on, you know, hands on uh, work. Sure. You have to make sure that each pre roll weighs the right amount and that it has the right amount, uh, the right texture product inside of it, so that it uh-huh. performs properly. Um, you have to also cap it and make sure that it's, you know, none's falling out at the end, sure. and ultimately packaging it into a tube. Now, are there different sizes of pre rolls, or are they one size fits all? In 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 Massachusetts, it's very common for for one gram pre rolls to be the norm. Okay, um, but. We're finding that there are half gram multi packs. You know. I have heard about those. Uh, somebody described those. I think it was actually Bailey's Buds here in Drakeit described those as being uh, kind of like you take the dog for a walk and yep. you take the small one with you and. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, when COVID hit, th- there was an increase of, of demand for, for two-pack pre-rolls where people were not sharing the one-grammers as much. And, sure. Uh, people wanted to, you know, get the same amount of flour but and spend the same amount of money but have two joints rather than one. Okay. Now, you also make vape, right? Yeah. So that's What's the thro- difference between making a vape and making a concentrate? So a vape, a vaporizer is uh, one of the methods of making a concentrate. So, oh, I see. Okay. So... Uh, Vaporizers usually you can put anything into a vaporizer for the most not anything but you could put a dissolute which is just THC you could do a full spectrum oil which has all the cannabinoids and properties from the plant you could do live products um, from hydrocarbon extraction uh, but we we do uh, dissolute oil and full spectrum oil okay are you making any kind of pet products no we are not currently making any pet products is that something you've thought of at all let's talk I'm to pass uh, this over to Rob let's go to Rob about that one. Because I know there are a lot of companies that are making like pet relaxers and whatnot. There are, yeah. They're actually a partner of ours um, called TreeWorks. Uh, is based in uh, Northampton, I believe, uh-huh. just outside. Yeah, um, they they just came out with a, a line of pet products, a pet tincture, and and you know we know as, as you know as businessmen, people will pay anything for their pets. Oh so, yes, yeah, so, so it's definitely an interesting kind of category to consider. Um, right now, we're still focused on conquering the people category, so that's that's okay. where, where, where we're going to focus our efforts. Um, Back on the vapes, though, you know, just going uh, a little bit on that, it is probably one of the fastest growing segments for two reasons, right? One is that discretion element, right? So instead of walking down the street with a joint hanging out of your mouth, right. you can kind of keep it in your pocket, you know, hit your pen, slide it back in, you're, gotcha. and you're good to go. The other is that um, there's been a, a drastic increase in the popularity of those very flavor-forward vaporizers, right? So uh-huh. taking that distillate THC and then injecting that with or infusing that with um, some flavor of terpenes, right? So um, here on the menu at Treehouse from Green Meadows, we have mint chocolate fudge, right? So a mint chocolate fudge vape, which, you know, once you hit it, you taste 
like an Andy's mint on your pillow kind of uh, oh, yeah. flavor, right? Uh, peppermint Kush was like a candy cane in a vape. Um, <laughs> so we've, we've got a whole host of those. Um, and then Ramsey mentioned full spectrum as well. Full spectrum is when you want the, the effect, but also the taste of smoking flour, but you want that discretion of a vape. Um, so we have all the strains that we grow and, and sell as flour and pre-rolls today. We also offer as full spectrum vapes. Um, the most popular one right now is that one that we spoke about in the last episode, which is called Hell on Wheels. Uh-huh. So that's that one-to-one THC CBD. Folks for looking for a little bit of wellness along with their high. I got you. Yep. You're listening to Best Buds here at 980 WCAP, a program meant to inform and educate about the cannabis industry in Massachusetts. Brought to you by Treehouse Craft Cannabis, 61 Silva, that's S-I-L-V-A Lane in Drakeit, just off Route 113 if you're heading from Lowell towards Methuen. It's on the right-hand side right behind Old Dominion Trucking. You can go to their website, visit treehousema.com. They're the closest and most convenient recreational cannabis store to Route 93 and 213, just minutes off the highway. Coming soon to Pepperell and Groton. We'll be telling you more about uh, that in the weeks to come. Treehouse in Drakeit is open Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. and Sundays from 10 to 6 for your shopping convenience. Now, once again, uh, Bob, if you would tell us more about the General's Aid products. Well, we uh, started out, of course, we, and we right through and through in our company, we are organic. Um, but in the, our early days, uh, before our cultivation was up, we outsourced some products that were, you know, some plant material that was not organic. So we couldn't call it organic specifically and Green Meadows, a Green Meadows product. That's how General's Aid started. Since then, it's gone back to being purely organic because now our cultivation has enough material to provide. Uh-huh. And what we did with General's Aid, and we took the idea about, you know, we come from a, a military family and a couple of generals in, in the lineage there. And what's the General's Aid? Well, Alexander Hamilton was a general's aide to George Washington, for example. So right. it's sort of it's a sub subordinate position, but a very important one. And sure. so when we decided this is the perfect name, and within that category we have a number of products, but the lead one right now is Hell on Wheels, which, as Rob said, is a one to one, really kind of a wellness inclined, um, uh, medically inclined vape or. Uh, flour pre-roll, uh-huh. and it uh, it has that CBD uh, THC entourage effect, which so many people really swear by. Um, and again, two percent of all sales from all General's Aid products go directly to uh, veteran organizations, veteran charitable organizations. And our primary one right now is called StopSoldierSuicide.org. Uh, that's their website, and they're based out of Worcester, and they're run by veterans. And they really take the dollars that they get and they put them to work. They're not just about sort of promoting themselves. And it's sure. really been a great pleasure and honor to work with them. It's very much a part of our ethic as a family and our ethic as a company. Excellent. Ramsey, tell us a little bit about product clones. Yeah, so clones are pretty much clippings from a larger plant or a mother plant uh-huh. um, that are then rooted in another pot uh, that we sell to people to grow at home. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been very okay. successful for us. We started at April 2nd, uh, 2021, 22, sorry. Um, wow, just flying by. Um, so it kind of saves from having to get seeds and germinate exactly. them. And, okay. And I, I grow from seed. I started growing from seed when I... when I. Uh, well, you were 10 when you started doing this. <laughs> no. I'm starting um, to get the idea here. <laughs> no, uh, I, start, I started growing from seed and then quickly realized that you can kind of jump ahead by four weeks and, sure. and uh, pick uh, different genetics that are available by different uh, breeders and uh, start growing from a... a a kind of accelerated start point. Now, do clones give you the same kind of a yield that a seed would? So, um, 
Yes, yeah, it definitely it definitely would uh, do that. The, basically, the, the biggest advantage of the clone is that someone who's trying to germinate a seed from from the beginning, uh-huh. it's a lot harder. The plants are a lot more tenuous in that stage, so we're giving someone a little bit of a head start, right? So, I see. Um, Green Meadows is the the only operator in the state that sells clones seven days a week at our retail facilities in oh. Southbridge and Fitchburg, and then we're also the only operator that also wholesales clones to our partners. Oh. So we'll do like Green Meadows Clone Day at Treehouse, right? And uh-huh. so on that day, we'll come with a batch of clones. They'll let the uh, the local population know. We'll have a whole host of home growers in here for oh, really? buying up clones and, and learning how to cultivate. And do you teach them actually what to do, how to plant them then and what to do with them? Gary, we do. And I just want to interject because I think it's, it really tells a story about our company as well as about the clones. When I, They brought the idea to me. Uh, and of course, I... I they're the operational guys. They know so much more than I do. But they said, we're going to sell clones to people. And I said, hold it. Aren't we selling, trying to sell them our plants? Why are we telling them you know, how to grow at home? But what it did was it promotes engagement with your, with your clients, sure. your patients. They come in and they can pick up a real hardy clone. So yeah. we've already found, picked it from a plant that uh, if you're like me and you don't have a real natural green thumb at home, yeah. they can survive someone like me and actually thrive at home. Yeah, I've got and, a brown thumb myself. Right, very much so. <laughs> but, but we have people always in, in the store available to, to give people tips on how to grow them, how to feed them, fertilize them. And to get Uh the most out of them. And again, rather than sort of cut into our own client base, what it did is promoted engagement. People come in and say, oh, I love my clone. And and you end up having a much better productive relationship between your patients and your customers and your your, your business. And so it's been great to watch that thrive. Now, what are some of the clone strains that you carry? So the clone strains we have right now, uh, I believe there's five. Uh, I'm going to try to remember them off the top of my head. Uh, Pebble Pie, Clementine, Orange Harambe, Skittles Glue, and Durban Tie Cindy 99. What is Skittles Glue? Skittles Glue uh, is a cross between um, Skittles and Gorilla Glue 4, which is a a legendary strain. Um, Very kind of fruity earthy strain i would say uh-huh. um and, and yeah as bob was mentioning right it's, it's interesting you know you, you sell all these products to people and you get the people writing in and say you know my my joint was rolled too tightly or my vape cart leaked and when you put a live plant in someone's hands you figure you open yourself up for for lots of criticism oh sure we've had more people emailing us and reaching out saying look how my orange harambe grew to seven feet like look at my skittles glue nine feet tall because they're growing outside right uh-huh. so um it, that's been really rewarding and you, you do you form a different kind of connection with someone as opposed to saying you know here's your jar of to go smoke at home it's here's a plant best of luck you know now when you're growing a plant how large can it grow to be that is strain specific and strain dependent i would say um and same goes for the yield that you would get you know once you harvest as well Uh um I'll, I'll defer to Ramsey, who's been growing for the last two decades, even though he's only 27 years old. <laughs> but his mother's very proud of him still. I'm sure she is. <laughs> um, so not to get too deep into it, but there are different stages of growth when you're growing a plant. Okay. Right? The plant will only flower and start producing buds once it experiences 12 hours of darkness, right? So once the plant experiences this darkness or shortening of the season, right? Uh-huh. They think, oh man, it's time for me to reproduce. I got to produce my buds and they then flower. Yeah. So you can actually uh, manipulate those cycles and keep a plant in what they call the ve- the vegetative state for as long as you want. Um, you know, you, it might not be the best for the health of the plant to keep it forever, right. obviously, but that's how you keep mother plants alive. You know, you keep them at a light cycle where they have 18 hours or, you know, 20 hours of light and four hours of darkness or 18 hours of light and six hours of darkness, uh-huh. um, for as long as you want that plant to remain in the vegetative state. And at this point, it'll just grow structurally. Um, it'll have, you know, branches and leaves. And what you can do is then manipulate the structure of that plant until you're ready for it to then hold all the buds that you want to harvest. So when you say you can hold it as long as you want, 
I mean, could you hold it long enough to grow into a tree as opposed to a bush? Yes, you could. Really? And, uh, there are not like an oak tree or anything, but if you look online, you'll find in, you know, in, uh, in California specifically, you will find some people who outdoor growers who are expert. Uh, growers who can manipulate the plant and however they want and get it to grow as, as big as they want. Um, wow. It, it's a very, very unique, uh, uh, plant and you can grow it as small as you want by manipulating how long it's in the vegetative state and flipping it into the flowering stage or, uh, or doing it naturally outside and letting the season do it. Now I know in the fruit industry, apples and oranges and whatnot, the new thing now is to have these miniature or dwarf plants that produce a huge amount of fruit on a very small tree. Uh, has anyone started to dwarf uh, pot plants? So there actually, you know, um, there there is a type of cannabis. It's not really – it's a ruderalis, they call it. Uh-huh. Um, and that's uh, kind of formed into like – when you cross a ruderalis with a cannabis plant, you get what they call an auto-flowering plant. So it's pretty much cannabis plants that flower on their own time and quicker. Uh-huh. Um, that's a thing, but it's not really um, – how much what you're yielding per plant uh, kind of depends on the, the genetics – uh-huh. And uh, how, what your what your inputs are for for how you're growing it? Oh, okay. Now here's another question: D- Do you know of anybody, or have you ever seen anybody who uses the uh, the pot plant, the cannabis plant, in their regular garden, like along with the roses and the carrots and the tomato plants? And absolutely, actually, for one of my friend's birthdays, I went and planted a clone in his in his garden, and his mother immediately came out and said, "Oh, I want to I want to clone that clone and, and plant more around the garden because." Um, you know, it can actually help with, with pest management as well as oh, really? um, uh, some other uh, benefits under the soil. Okay. Soil. Rob? Yeah, so um, so the answer to your question is yes, but I would also say the reverse is true at Green Meadows. So at our cultivation facility, we actually plant cover crops in our grow. Right. Oh. So along with our cannabis, we've got lavender, we've got strawberries, we've got uh, – did we have tomatoes, I think, at one point? Wow. Um, blueberries, uh, clover. Is a, and is what's a the purpose of that? So going back to that idea of Korean natural farming, you know, having those indigenous microorganisms create this hospitable environment between the plants and the soil, uh-huh. the more cover crops add to that diversity and add to that kind of exchange between the plants and the soil so it basically creates you know this this habitat of of health and and aggressive growth um and ultimately leads to a, a healthier cannabis plant really yeah. interesting if i might say too gary uh, watching all this you know this, this for me is just technically wonderful to listen about the grow technologies and korean natural farming and the organics which is sort of a degree of di- difficulty that makes it a bit more difficult as is i think uh sure um, you know using living soil but we have found, and I really swear by this now, you get the plants which, you know, people, in many cases, they want the maximum THC, they want the maximum high. Yep. But if you can add the the rest of the experience, which is the terpenes, and I think the organics bring that combination where we can really start to tweak a really hefty THC load, if that's what someone's after, with a very nice um, sort of a uh, couple of percentage points of terps of whatever flavors those might be. Or we can take down a, a strain, which maybe someone doesn't want to, you know, to be completely to get the, the, the spins and all the rest with sure. too much. So they can take it down for, you know, for, you know, a, a, a light swinger like me, you know, and take it way, way down and still bring the terps and organics gives you such an ability i think to really move within the chemistry and the botany of the plant uh-huh. uh, rather than just pumping a lot of salt fertilizer in and just maximize all right we want to thank our guests today ramsey and your last name i'm i'm, not, I'm gonna not even try to butcher it mushabek mushabek okay ramsey mushabek is the director of sales we have rob who's the chief marketing officer and co-founder of green meadows and we have Bob Patton, the uh, co-founder and the uh, 
president, I guess. Good enough. Okay, the sounds good. Thanks very much for joining us today, guys, and we hope to uh, talk to you again and see you again real soon. You've been listening to Best Buds here at 980 WCAP, a program meant to educate and inform about the cannabis industry in Massachusetts. The program comes to you every Friday from 535 until 6 o'clock and again on Monday nights from 705 to 730. Here at WCAP, Treehouse Craft Cannabis is open Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. for your shopping convenience. 61 Silver Lane in Drake at just minutes off routes 93 and 213 and not too far from downtown Lowell. You can visit their website, visit treehousema.com, and you can also go there and you can listen to any of these podcasts and radio shows. I'm Gary Francis. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We'll see you again next time. My mind's on the ceiling. My head's on the floor. There's time in the fridge. But I don't care no more. I don't care no more. I don't care no more.